0: looks all over their face my friends all know that i'm cool i've been this way since I school because life's never been sweeter when you're just a cake eater when it comes to hockey nobody can stop me my high school team i was playing on the top three now my son is scoring piles
1: welcome to the youth hockey of high school hockey podcast brought to you by the red black leg i am danny ryan Join with you in studio Am I still your sidekick? I don't know that. Okay.
0: As far as I know. Tony,
1: Scott is in studio. Carl East is on the phone with us up in Duluth. Carl. Hey, Danny. Hey, Carl. I think the season has started. You know why? Why? Carl went to some games. Yes, (laughs)
2: right. Finally, (laughs) yeah.
0: Actually attended a hockey game.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I think that means that, you know, the season started. Yeah. We'll alert the high school league. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't start until I go to a game. Mom.
1: That's right. <laughs> yes. That's right.
2: Well, and it doesn't start
1: until there's some like pretty good upsets and juicy ones at that or
0: good scores, right? I agree. We had some juicy ones yesterday. One hit me about 10 o'clock last night. I'm going through my Twitter feed, and I was like, Creighton beats Eden Prairie. I was like, what?
1: Yeah, Creighton beat Eden Prairie 6-3. With one goal by Matt Gleason. Yeah, which I wasn't even expecting him to play because I thought he was out for a couple <laughs> weeks because
0: of a <laughs> yeah.
1: So that was interesting. Little Falls ties Alexandria a
0: big one. In,
1: early a big in, Alexandria. in the week, 3 to 3. Holy Family and Orono tie at 3. Hill loses to Eastview, 5 to 1. Creed, uh. like we said, um, <laughs> uh, over Eden Prairie. And Irondale over blame, which we have to think is one of the first times that this happened since
0: the oh, 80s. dead, maybe. dead, Not Nick. <laughs> yeah. We're talking Scott. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure Nick's team handled Irondale well. <laughs> so, pretty good upsets.
1: But, you know, my mind this week as a Cornhusker was focused on whether or not
0: Scott Frost would come to school. Right. I mean, maybe? look. Yeah. Uh, I've so out of college football. Last night's Wisconsin loss. That was well, that heartbreaking. Was, that
1: was nice. But, I mean, now my Cornhuskers <laughs> finally got the coach that they wanted. Yeah. So it made me think. What what coach do some of these programs want if their coach left? You know, Big, what,
0: big qualifier. If the coach, coach left. left. Hey, and now underline that, right? We're not saying fire the coach.
1: No, this is this is the Tennessee John Gruden scenario. Tennessee refuses to hire a head coach that isn't named
0: John Gruden, and so w- I mean it was a witch hunt basically for <laughs> Drake yep.
2: Shields, <Shano>, right? Yes, <laughs> by all accounts,
0: that's a witch hunt. Yeah, yep. they did everything but literally burned down the AD's office and they fired the AD. I mean, this is crazy stuff. Yes, crazy stuff. We're not suggesting this. It's <laughs> like when these coaches leave, who would be a fun in school alumni replacement name that would be a big name at the school? I'm not saying yeah. that that would be the right person, so if you're a coach out there and you're listening we're we're not saying you should be fired,
1: but this is the John Gruden scenario, Yes,
0: in the Scott Frost when scenario, the coach leaves who would be replaced that were the case. So let's start with your alma mater.
1: St. Thomas, St. Academy. Thomas
0: Academy. Go ahead.
1: I think Matt Funk on this one.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's kind of the natural progression. Um, what do you think on this, Carl?
2: Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. It'd be a, with the alumni coming home, uh, he's had some success with St. Paul Academy, so he got the track record. It makes total sense.
0: And this guy is all in. I mean, he's all in at SPA. He'd be all in at STA. I mean, he's a he's a professional in the in the workforce. And but you can tell he he likes what he's doing downtown. But he loves his hockey coaching. He'd be a great addition to the cadets.
2: Okay, Carl Duluth East. Uh, I think for this answer, I mean, I think they'll keep propping up like Randall for a couple more decades on the bench. You know, if they have to. But uh, <laughs> I think the obvious. Uh, successor is probably right next to him on that bench. It's uh, Dylan Mills, who is a great East defenseman in the, in the mid-'90s. He's been an assistant for a while now, Um great defenseman in his day. But um, I think my favorite Dylan Mills moment was when East knocked off St. Thomas Academy at the stage a couple years ago. You know, uh, he scores game-winning goal, and everyone's going crazy. All jumping up and down, which you, know, you don't see that too often. But Dylan Mills is just standing there on the bench, stone-faced, no emotion at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, he's my man.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go with Dave Sr. myself. I, uh, he's a great. He's one of the greatest hockey minds out there. Really, really smart. I don't think he. I don't think he would relocate from Edina back to Duluth, but. If the carrot was dangled, I think it's he, hockey is in that guy's blood, and he and Dylan are still good friends to this day. Did they play together? I think so. Yep. I think yeah. so. I, think there was, I, I don't know. No, no, there, no, I know they didn't no, years. Maybe the year behind PR. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if they, were, they aligned by one year or two years, but I knew they were close. But, yeah, they're good, still good friends. So.
1: Now, how long is the East going to do the weekend at Bernie's?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I no idea. I have no idea. But I don't think he's propped up like, like Carl saying. Like, I just think that yeah. Mike is still well involved. But Although I will say this about Mike, and I don't know if he listens to the show or not. I always think it's odd that like he just can like miss a game. Like you know, if a kid if a kid true. misses a practice, if a player misses a practice, he'll miss like a whole week of games, right? Mike just kinda shows yeah. up.
1: He shows up he in a
0: track suit with
1: like a stocking cap sometimes. Whatever. I'm
2: like yeah, that, that, the style this year. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. He showed up in a track suit and a stocking cap for the white bear game. He's yeah. like, same Mike.
2: Was that. A- <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: okay, who who replaces Kurt Giles? I, I the first name just jumps off as is Paul Ranheim. Paul is all in uh as a professional hockey person. He makes his living in hockey. Um he's obviously an ex Hornet. Uh, he's coaches in the elite league, he's dialed into this program, he would be a great replacement.
1: I agree. And he, he has a lot
0: of success under Lee Smith as well. Agreed. Now it's just funny. Your next guy on your list here is Eden Prairie. Yeah, who replaces Lee Smith? Paul Ranheim. Paul, Paul Ranheim is <laughs> professional in this business, it's his life his <laughs> livelihood, and he's a great hockey coach. He's in the elite league, same reasons. Co- Such
2: co- a, co- a good coaching coach, he coached two teams at one.
0: Oh
1: yeah, yeah. He could probably do it, uh, but I, I think it's who retires first, and Paul would probably
0: take their job type of thing.
1: Right. Roseau.
0: We didn't really have a good one here, but I, no, I like I I our choice. Answer. I like your choice, but I, I I don't really know. Although I t- I, I take that back. Can, Can I, I say, say mine? mine? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I say bring back Scotty Oliver. And I would yeah. your Scott up. I would trump your Scotty Oliver with Nick Oliver. Oh, How you like that? God. coaching He's coaching <laughs> two balls right now,
1: really <laughs> diehard
0: into hockey. What better place to go if Rozo's job
1: ever would come open? Okay, um, close circuit to Nick Oliver. Do you wear a leather jacket on the bench? No, he does not. He's got a little more style. Aww. No, no,
0: it's not about style. It's intimidation. Oh, okay. Intimidation. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Moorhead. Well, as long as we're on the John Gruden track, okay? <laughs> I mean, this would be the ultimate if John Amarin were to step down. I don't ever see John stepping down. John is
2: yeah, hes not going anywhere anytime soon.
0: He's young. He's totally into this. He's all chips in. But for some reason, if he were to step down, let's say John were to get an NHL job or a college job, then, yeah, <laughs> the ultimate John Gruden is Matt Cullen after he retires this year, and he's retiring back to the Fargo-Moorhead area, so he could fill the shoes of his dad and carry on the tradition at Moorhead, but I think that the odds of that are very, very slim. John Gruden. Both. I want John Gruden. John Gruden Tennessee, slim. <laughs> Matt calling at Moorhead, slim, like slim. But
1: But John Gruden's wife is from Tennessee or something. Whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Cretan. Well the obvious one would be Brian Murphy. You know, yeah. He played at Cretan in the early two thousands. Um, is a great coach. He's already off to a good start with uh Patino Grace. I think that's a good choice if that were to happen. But
1: I'll give you stranger a,
0: things have happened over at Cretan.
1: I'll give you a not obvious one then. Mike Finelli. Like it. Mike is a Creighton graduate. Yep. He's currently an assistant coach on the Saint Thomas Academy coaching one staff. One the
0: nine Vanelli's on the staff, I think. Is it nine? Uh, over under, I want to say. I'm not sure yeah. how many words. We read them off at the opener. The, when the, the PA guy's reading. I'm like, okay, enough with the Vanellis. There's been like eleven. We get it. There's a lot of Vanellis on the bench. But I think
1: that's a, that's uh, um, that's one. Uh, I would also see. Remember, Johnny Pohl was uh, yep. an assistant coach one. or a girls coach over there.
0: His name was whispered
1: to be a candidate to replace Jimmy. So. And,
0: and Jim O'Brien
1: has been there O'Neal. for – Oh, O'Neil yeah. uh, Why did I uh, – but he's been there for 30 years or yes. so? Yes, yes. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, it's,
0: um,
1: okay, Hill Murray.
0: I, I think this is a really good job. I don't really have someone who just jumps out at me as that obvious John Gruden former hill Murray guy who would come back. I mean, Steve Rollick would be one who's coaching now in Division One level. I don't think he would step back into this into a role like this, but you never know. Carl, what do you think about Hill?
1: I think this is a weird one.
2: Yeah, I mean, when, when it comes to the time when Lecter goes, you figure they're going to go out and you know, do a, a national search. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll probably post someone good to come in and keep that program at the same level that we expect out of Hill.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that this person might come from a
2: college rank, actually. Could be. Could be. It's a really good job. There's no doubt about it. White Bear Lake.
0: I think a really good choice uh, would be Sean Padden. Sean's on the staff now. He's been coaching there. He's a teacher. I mean, I think he's kind of just waiting for that opportunity. and He wants. He's, he left the Bantam, a successful Bantam, won a state championship last year. So he is a proven commodity. He, got, he took teams that weren't very good. Um, and got them to state uh, in his tenure. He's a great coach. Uh, I think he'd be a great replacement if that day were to ever come. Jefferson. Jefferson? That's a good one. You know, if, if the Gruden pick, if you got to go out and pick guys that, you know, played at Jefferson, the list is long of who you <laughs> could get. There's lots of guys out coaching right now. But I think realistically, if Jeff Lindquist were to step down, retire in the next four or five years, I think the obvious replacement would be Matt Ellison. He's uh, an assistant. He's a teacher in the school system. He's got deep ties into the youth program. He's coaches in the youth program. He's coaching Mites now. So I think he's probably the obvious selection. But, you know, you could sit back and dream up your Grudens all day long with guys like, you know, Mark Parrish or Joe Pankrantz or Corey Peterson. I mean, there's a long list of ex-Jags that are out in coaching in the coaching ranks right now.
1: Wouldn't it be cool if, like, the 93 team came back to coach? Like, all of them? Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Keppel's the goaltender coach. He's yeah, yeah. currently the, go- uh, the girls coach at Holy Pretty Family. Cool. I, uh, I'm i not saying – that would be the rooting choice, I think, of, like, all Jefferson people. And they did it once before. They were Bantam coaches, Lundeen and Kervers. Um, guess- Cur- and, and-,
0: and Curvers were, yeah. And,
1: and Bianchi was. <laughs> I caddied for them one yeah. time in the Jefferson
0: Tournament. <laughs> yeah. I bet they won. <laughs> yeah, well, um, Bianchi didn't show up. Uh, still, they, but they still won. Well, they had the best caddy. Yeah, that's right. It was the caddy. It was the caddy. It was definitely Always the, the caddy. caddy. Always the caddy. Yeah, I mean, they can't read putts. I read putts. Moving on, let's read some rankings. Carl, you got your rankings all ready for us?
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that's enough uh, golf talk here. Uh, <clears throat> so, double A top ten for December third. Number one. Oh, it's, it's a really tough one. I, I, yeah. Make make you guys guess this one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Edina. A drum roll. Oh,
1: you put Edina as number one. Big surprise.
2: Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Two. Two is a little interesting because the teams I had two through six preseason all either had a loss or a tie. So I went with Minnetonka.
0: I like that. I do. I agree. I, I disagree with it, but I like it.
2: Yep. Three, Duluth East. Yep. Yep. Four, St. Thomas.
0: Yep. Agree with that.
2: Five, Moorhead.
0: Yep. yep. Okay, now let's get interesting Now we're going to make you work. No, Centennial will be six. Well, I right?
2: think, yep, Centennial is six. Yep. Yep. Seven, seven White Bear Lake.
1: Okay. I like that. Yep. Yep.
2: yep. Now it gets really interesting. Eight, Elk River.
1: <laughs> I, I like it. They are winning, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Please. I like yeah. it. We'll
2: Shine. value there. Yep. Nine, Holy Family. Eh.
0: Yeah. Eight. Uh, yep. I like it. All right.
2: And ten, why is that up? Hmm.
0: <laughs> there's there's a lot out there. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Had to, you had to you had to kick Eden Brewery, yep. out, Edel- Hil- Hilmer- out, out. So you had to replace them with two, and you replaced them with Elk River and Wyzetta. Holy Family has yep. done enough to earn, you know, keep themselves in the top mm-hmm. ten, especially since they beat Wyzetta. So I see your logic. Exactly. Correct?
2: Yep. Yeah. You're following me. I don't think All an right, Orno tie is you. terrible either.
0: No, just, no,
2: Orno's good. Know. Yeah, and then, then yeah. Maple Grove's at 11. Uh, and after that, you know, sort of a mess of Eden Prairie. Is that lost for, re- for real or just a fluke, you know? Creighton's in here. Are they, again, are they that they the finest things to come or just to one-off at the start of the season? So
0: you lot get a lot of on that. You guys are way dialed into this. I still have I haven't not tracked Elk River. Who is Elk River defeated? I've not. Armstrong. Yeah. See what I mean? That's why it, it. My, yep. is why it hasn't hit my yeah. radar. That's
1: yeah. That's, that's uh, it. They'll always play early in the season. Those teams.
0: Yeah. In, in
1: whatever conf. What is that? The Northwest Suburban. Yep. Right. And, yeah. And then they open up heavy with the Diana Holiday Classic.
0: Yeah. Which yeah. I, again, <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't know, but. My radar and only usually ends up picking up the bigger games and that mm-hmm. Elk River over Kuna We know Hanna. that you're a two way guy. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Hey, I, yeah, I know, I know. All right, so we go from rankings to recaps. We're gonna do five games. We're yeah cruise through these really quick. Let's you were up at uh you were over at Hodgins Barado. Uh Carl, tell us a little bit what happened at that Greenway Grand Rapids game.
2: Yeah, so I made the road trip up to up to Colerain on Tuesday. It was a great night for some hockey. They had a pa- packed house at uh, Snake Pit. And it's probably you know one of the biggest crowds in years they had there, and uh, uh, the the Pro Greenway crowd was t- treated to a show. Uh, Raiders came out and really took it to Rapids from from the puck drop. Um, in control of this game throughout, 5-1 win. Um, looked was pretty solid. I think they have they have decent depth for a class A team. Um, I think that, that was probably the biggest surprise to me that they could roll three lines pretty well. Greenway um, Greenway's not a large team, a lot of smaller players other than Christian Miller, who's a monster, but, um, but a lot of small, you know, shifty forwards who are tough to knock off the puck. Uh, Dante Lawson had a very good night, also had five goals later in the week against Virginia. So he's been their early season leader. as you, you might expect. Um, whereas Grand Rapids. Well, it's going to be a long year. Um, i lost a ton of talent. Um, <laughs> uh, they're, of course, missing a couple of players for other reasons in this game, too. So I think that'll help their depth as we move along a little bit, too. But, uh, but I think I, Gabe Poland's going to have some real long nights in goal. He can t- take a lot of shots, and uh, he's going to have to deal with a lot of pressure. But really, this, this game was a coming-out party for Greenway. I think between this and the Virginia win, they show that they're a, a serious contender in, in Class A. Of course, they have to go through Hermantown to get anywhere, but they look very good.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't agree with you on the Grand Rapids. I don't. I've not studied the uh, hockey hub to see what players sat, but if there's some key defensive players there, I still think Grand Rapids isn't uh, as low as people would say. Once they get some of their players back, I think it's still a pretty good team and a pretty gritty and pretty competitive group of kids still that will be decent this year. Eight to ten win team in my book. Yeah, it could be depending on. Their schedule and, and they play a pretty I tough think schedule. It's a tough so schedule. It's a
2: really tough schedule.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, uh, but how was the atmosphere, Carl? That I think that's probably the more important, you know, oh, the characteristic of that game.
2: Yeah. No, I, I, I got there an hour to early. There. Yeah, so that's you no know, six thirty for a seven thirty game, and uh, had to wedge my way into one of the re- few remaining spots. You know, standing along the railing, you know, there are a couple empty seats in the corners where the sightlines are terrible, but it was basically full. It was loud. uh, I'd say the fans were kind of intermixed, too. There wasn't, like, an obvious Rapid section anywhere, so a lot of people going back and forth. Uh, I think the rapid highlight of the night really was the, the, the you know, the between-period between sh- uh, shot competition where the guy takes the shot from, you know, the blue line and, right and the far goal line, and he, this guy nails, you know, his shot from the far goal line, and, you know, crowd's applauding him, and then he, then he, you know, opens up his jacket and pops a Rapid sweatshirt, then those cheers turn to booze in an in instant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I
2: love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's
1: funny. Okay, well, let's move to the game that I was at on Tuesday um, the White Bear Lake Cloquet game. Um, first off, a big shout out to the Horn and Zach Helverson and Chad Olson for letting me on the broadcast for two nights this week, um, doing some color for them. That was awesome. Thank you guys a lot. Um, but this game was a snoozer on Tuesday. It was
0: really, really boring. Those weeknight games, you know, without the big crowds are sometimes.
1: It, was, it wasn't necessarily that. Cloquet had bust legs. They just didn't look good at all. Their top line was unnoticeable. White Bear was eh. You know, they were okay. I, I wouldn't say that they were on fire in that game. Four goals doesn't really say how bad they were. I I think that against a decent opponent, they might not even scored one. Okay. And, and I I was I was though I was impressed with Cloquet's um, Stoyanov.
0: That Stoyanov.
1: Stoyanov, that kid
0: is a very six foot six. Yeah, he's
1: a he's, he's a, a He's
0: a USHL draft pick. He's yeah, a real good player. He's a
1: very good player. Lamb runner had a decent game. He scored the lone goal in this four to one um, game, but you know merging into the next game against the I U- U- can say this,
0: Cloquet didn't have their bust legs yesterday. They had their I <laughs> played Jefferson.
1: Yeah, so you saw a different Cloquet team than I did. Uh, what was your
0: takeaway on Cloquet? I thought they were really good. I mean, obviously they weren't playing as tough an as opponent you know, as White Bear Lake, but yeah, I still thought they were uh, in a class in a, in a high class. You'd not that Minnetonka, St. Thomas fast like I saw the week before, but they definitely had some speed and grit, and, you know, they just controlled the play yesterday. I, I
1: think one of the takeaways from the White Bear game is they pushed everything to the outside, and both teams did. And then when that happens on a Tuesday night, sleep yeah, happens. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> and it's, just, it, it's like seeing an Elk River game at home or a Centennial game at home in an Olympic size ice, and it just,
0: uh, I know. Speaking of games, wow. you called. Next one is East and White Bear Lake.
1: This was probably – this was my favorite game of the year so far.
0: It looked great. It was awesome.
1: So it was a game of the two periods pretty much. So the first period – and, Carl, I'm going to defer to you on a couple of things. This was mm-hmm. the best East team I've seen since 2012, since the Randolph, Toninato, Wilson yeah. line.
2: It was yeah, the-
1: real first period. Right, Carl? Yeah,
2: yeah they were – and basically, complete domination of that period. Uh, just flying fluidly up and down the ice, ton of speed, uh, just look, looks great.
1: Ryder Don was am- amazing. Ian uh, Meiju, Luke like Lemaster, um, Frederick Hunter Payne, or the artist known as Hunter Payne. I don't know what that. <laughs> I asked for a I
0: think. It was- should I call him on the broadcast? He goes, we don't even know what to call him. We just call him (laughs) (laughs) Payne. But but he played well. Carson
1: Cochran played well. I mean, this was was an East domination top to bottom, all four lines just going at it in the first period. Mm -hmm. Second period starts. East is skating on the ice for about three minutes before White Bear goes out there. Ooh, stall tactic. No, it really wasn't a stall tactic. It was a yell tactic, and Sager was giving him the riot act in the locker room. And so what happened was, he's saying, like, if you guys don't want to skate, if you just want to play JV, then play JV, blah, blah, blah. White Bear came out, and they came out like a bat out of hell. I mean, that was amazingly, like, they just kept chipping away. Where the first period, East was playing their – break, like, up every pass, not even letting you get to the red line play. White Bear flipped the script and did it right back to them. And it was just amazing how – and then in the, their top line of Hampstead, uh, that line uh, was then – Carol Carroll and Generic. Was, was, Generic was taking all those opportunities and putting them in the, in the back of the net. But I think the player of the game in this game was Olin Gallantin. This yeah. kid is really, really special. He's the best player that White Bear has, in my opinion. He's a ninth
0: grader, and he's a
1: ninth grader already going to Duluth. The kid was amazing. He skated like Jack Sean. He's undersized, but he had the confidence to skate between players. He was making moves in overtime against these Duluth East kids, and it was just—he was the one of the best players on the ice.
0: Yeah, he was a Bantam player of the year finalist last year with Persini and I can and see why. And those guys. Yeah, he's really good. Okay,
1: Carl, what was your takeaway from the second period on? What happened to East?
2: Well, I think the, the missing piece for East in this game, I think, was clearly the top line. Randolph came out and said it pretty bluntly to the media afterwards, too. You know, the top line did not score in this game. Uh, and after that dominant first period, they were just kind of, I think, all kind of doing their own thing. Uh lost their chemistry. I think they took the foot off the gas for that first period, and of course credit a lot of credit to White Bear for responding the way they did, but East really just folded up and then did not respond for the rest of this game at all. There was no counter punch once White Bear, you know, made made it clear that this was going to be a game. So that that was really the disappointment at watching this game as it you know, from an East perspective. It was like no no push after that first period at all. And, and then it, it was clearly in their heads.
0: I will I will say this. Um, did this game let me ask you two things, Pe- uh, uh Peter, sorry, uh Danny. Um oh. you yeah, I really called him Peter. Another sidekick. Um <laughs> the did the game have a state tournament feel to it? That 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 high quality play? No. Did not have that. I mean obviously it wasn't in the X, but did it have a, a playoff feel to it?
1: The Lakeville North Minnetonka one did. This game felt like a team let it go away. I think in a state tournament setting, East just runs away with it. Okay. Okay. If they don't turn back.
0: Especially in the first round, right? Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs>
0: let's,
1: let's not be too big. Low blow.
2: <laughs>
1: sorry. Sorry. But I don't think it had that type of feeling to it because I think that they would have shown up complete. Now, uh, like Carl said, that first line was skating all over the place in the first period. Second period, Mike benches them after a goal to put out the fourth line. Okay, it, it, it was it was pretty evident that the first line was not
0: getting the love. Right. Okay. Um, a little compliment to you, uh, Danny. A um, couple people texted me on Friday night and said, "What a wonderful job you were doing." And oh. I was like well, oh. I'm like that's good. He's he is good, especially with Zach. It's a good uh, one two punch so. i I
1: appreciate that Zach is very, very good at oh, calling absolutely. games, so no doubt no arguing that, uh, like I said, thank you, you guys for letting me be on and maybe being a little bit biased to the other team
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh switching gears to a game uh sticking with East and sticking with carl uh let's hear about it we we got uh Danny and I got a chance to hear it in our sound check of. But, but our listeners didn't tell us what happened in that YZETA East game yesterday.
2: Yeah, so East won 4 2 with an empty netter. And uh, first off, coming r- after fr- Friday night's uh <clears throat> unfortunate events, uh, Randall came out and split up Worth, Major, and Donovan, stuck them all in different lines for the first two periods. And as a result, East, I'd say East chemistry wasn't quite there, they still played still a fairly dominant first period. Um, then in the second, YZETA starts to you know do YZETA things, and they're blocking a million shots, or being opportunistic on a couple of turnovers, and suddenly they're up two to one, and you start you start to get this feeling like, oh no, East is going to get Pat O'Leary again here. But uh, to East's credit, this time they they did find a way to respond. Doug in third period uh, took over the game really again, uh, popped a couple of goals, and um, and added the empty netter to win four to two. Um, it was a, kind of a choppy game, a lot of penalties, a lot of you know, White style hockey, a lot of block shots, very defensive, but East found a way. So. All in all, a fairly good game for them after what had happened Friday night. And and the top line was back together by the third period and looking much better.
1: Okay, here's the thing, Carl. If you said that East bounced back, but then it was Wyzetta-style hockey, that means East didn't dictate this game. That
2: means Wyzetta dictated the game. Yes and no. I mean, East... East, uh, but something I did notice about East and both these teams—they're not playing much up in taste. They're—they're they're trying to go for it, so they're—they're they're attacking. I mean, they're going straight into the—you know—trying to fight through the lines of a trap, and they managed to do it. So.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the story drive, story state tournament rivalry. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Edina Rosso. We saw that game last night. Yep. Um. I was doing the math on it. 66 state tournament appearances between both schools. And how many Uh, years has the
1: state tournament been around? Oh, uh, since 45. 73,
2: yeah.
0: What is it, Carl? Math?
2: 73, it would be, yeah.
0: Uh, Ah, so so close. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, spectacular number 34 and 32 state tournament appearances. Yeah, and uh, 7 and 9, right? Well, yeah. Depending well, uh, if you count counting East into their titles or not, so well, well, we'll e. does. Yeah, I'm sure they do, but that, and, and and rightfully so, the Dinah team won the state championship. So uh, that was where it pretty much ended. Yeah. You know, I'm writing a story on the game last night, and it's like, okay, I'm going to talk about our titles. I'm going to talk about history. Talk about well, note that's not much of a hockey game. Aaron Huglin, the um, Gopher commit for Roseau was also out in this game. And his mm. older brother is out for the season, I've heard. He was a senior. Oh, okay. There's been three Hugelins on the team, so <laughs> all gone. So uh, that's not good. I mean, Aaron Huglin, I mean, no offense to Aaron. He's an awesome player. I talked to him last night about his, his groin injury. Um, He'll be back in a week, so it's not going to be. Let's not talk to yeah, players about their groins. He. I asked him <laughs> what his injury was. He says his groin, he'll be back in a week. All right, Um. Even with Aaron Huglin, that game does not no. turn the tide. No. I mean, he's an unbelievable player. He kinda is a, a northern version of Bobby Brink. He can just take over a game with his puck control, he can snipe. He got a lot of confidence with the puck, let's put it that way. But without the speed, without the D, without all the things Cold without tending. what everything that Edina has, Aaron couldn't have stemmed the tide on that.
1: Okay. For me, Edina It just proved why they're the number one team in the state last night. You know, they were
0: complete top to bottom, three periods of play,
1: right? Yes.
0: (laughs) They're going to do in some teams big time this year.
1: They're going to make some teams look
0: stupid. Yeah. And they already have. Good teams. teams. Really good teams. They've
1: made a very good Holy Family team look dumb, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And it could could get ugly a lot of times this year. It could could be reminiscent of the – their 2013 undefeated Peewee season. I mean, where they went 55 and all. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they go undefeated though. Well, well, we'll have that discussion. You know me. I've I've been waiting to write an undefeated article now for I need in the last <laughs> couple of years. And you could have wrote on one on, on Brnilda. Try it every years. year. I had one for Brnilda all dialed up, and <laughs> then that went away. So well. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, but they had a tie, and they had a couple of ties in there. I want undefeated 55, you know, like the the peewees did a few years ago. This is a really good team, same group, a lot of the same type of the, kids. These,
1: these are kids. good
0: players right now, and these they're playing good. well. Really good.
1: Okay. Um, I want to give a shout-out to our Red Black League Player of the Week, um, Orno's goalkeeper, Evan Babacul. Perfect. You're almost there, Evan Babacool. Babacool. Evan Babacool. Yep. <laughs> 44 out of 47 shots saved in an overtime tie against Holy Family. Very impressive stick taps to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. There's mm-hmm. going to be there's a lot of
0: good Red and Black player performances this weekend, but this one was
1: that 21. that stood out just because of the just the game itself. Yeah. yeah.
0: Big game for sure.
1: Okay, Carl, you want to kick off our middle segment
2: then? Yeah. So This is an interesting one that we sort of have been bouncing around for a little while here. And uh, the name of it is called Lost Team. So we're looking for teams that had a ton of talent, you know, great teams that we have probably all all forgotten about now. So teams that, you know, they're they're not the, uh, you know, Summy Diner or Hill Murray team that got upset. It's some good team, but that did well, but and, and had maybe a lot of talent, but just has sort of fallen off you know, into the depths of history because, you know, it's not a program we always talk about or, um, they, you know, they just didn't make it out of you know, the second semis despite the talent they had. And so um, what, what we're going to do here is I'm going to make you two guess the teams that I come up with um, and, and uh, see if you can figure out who these teams are. So uh, my first team from the 80s, and uh it was a
0: That's very spiker, good team.
2: Yep, they had been to the state tournament the year before, but were possibly just as good the next this, this next year. So, um, However, they ran into a, the buzzsaw known as Columbia Heights. This was uh, Reggie Miracle, the year that he pulled off the Mir- Miracle against the Dyna at State. But before that, in the section finals, he knocked off a, a, another very good team that had, I believe, four NHL draft picks and, I think, 5 D V1 players on it. So what is that team?
0: <laughs> you tell us. I don't know. It's not Grand Rapids.
2: No, but you're going in the right direction Columbia Heights wasn't the section of throw team. Yep. And the answer is Cloquet, okay, 1983. Had been to state the year before with Corey Millen, but were arguably just as good in, in, in 83, and but fell in double overtime in the section final to Columbia Heights.
0: That was section two back then. So yep. Weird. Section two. You were kind of throwing me off there. There's some northern references there, so. Drew mm-hmm. me off. Good how, one. How was nice Col- smoke screen. Now, I don't know. Cloquet was not in the same section as East. No, no, More that's jan- not. Yeah, they, they were. Or, or Rapids. No, that's yep. not even beside the point. How the heck is Columbia Heights in the same section <laughs> as Cloquet? It's the same as. That, that I was, I was a weird it section. back to Elk River. It was that, that section, it was section two, was weird. Section seven had its own, you know, domain. Yeah. And they didn't want to throw non. Because now think about it, they didn't have AAA, right? So you, the Virginias and Hibbings, there was enough okay. teams to make a section, right? So now you got all these, you know, land of misfit toys, Columbia Heights. And, like, <laughs> we're not putting Cloquet in the, the Iron Range because they weren't in the Iron Range. So I think Duluth Denfeld and Duluth East were actually in Section 2, and they weren't in 7. Yeah. And when they went to AA, yeah, so they had they moved, you know, East in there. hmm
2: this section at the time had like three separate brackets. There was a St. Cloud area bracket, there was a Metro area bracket, and then there was a Duluth area bracket. And then they eventually you know, got it down to the winners of those brackets. <laughs> brackets for the,
0: what? the second oh, yeah. the semis in the finals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was all ridiculous. Yeah. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. laughs> Welcome to the 80s. <laughs> Big hair <and> bad <laughs> choice. I missed them. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
2: Okay. Uh, my next team. Um, so, until Bemidji went about – for the first time a couple of years ago, there had been only one team to break up Rozo and Moorhead's domination of 8 since the creation of the two-class system. You know which one team got got through? It was in the 90s.
0: And this team is now single A, right, not double A?
2: Yes, correct. You know it. Alex. Yep, Alexandria, 1996. And so I look back and looked well, at this team, As I was, was, you know, was this a fluke? Did they just sort of, you know, Get, get lucky and flip past Moorhead somehow. No, they had talent. They had 61 players. They had a couple of familiar last names like Cullen and Sendin on that team. Uh, five of those D1 players were seniors, and they gave Apple Valley a 3-1 to game in the first round. Of course, Apple Valley won the tournament that year, so they were not bad at all.
1: That's Yeah, that's actually kind of impressive because that was a very good Apple Valley team. Uh-huh. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. All right. Okay, what's another one, one? Another one that's uh, Go back to the year I graduated from high school, 2008. Uh, the Northern team put up a very impressive record. They only had three regular season losses, had some serious talent, a couple of D1 players, uh, but they lost in the section, semis to Hibbing, and this team has not been relevant since.
0: Wow, not relevant since. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm not on that team this year.
2: Storied story <laughs> history, yep, yep. Great program. In its day, but this was their last
1: real flush
0: with glory. Well, they, they, they lost the hitting in 2008. A. Yeah,
1: okay. they're, they're going to be in the single
0: A. Well, they lost the hitting, so it's got to be someone up there. So it's either Virginia or the Falls or somebody.
2: Uh mm-hmm. I close. You're close. Yep.
0: Or Evas. It's the Falls. The Falls. It's yeah. It's the Falls. Yep. <laughs>
2: yep. <laughs> Jake Utho, Brady, Brady's jelly, Yep. 23-win team, and I think one of their losses was to Fort Francis, so not even a Minnesota team. And I
1: think they beat Duluth Marshall in season. Yeah. It, it, and then, so Duluth, Duluth Marshall on January 12th put St. Thomas Academy in running time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And St. Thomas eventually beat Duluth Marshall, I think, 5-2 to two in the championship game. And so it's yep. not like there was a scrub on that team either. No. Right and then they don't even make it to the section final. They lose in the semis to a Hibbing team mm-hmm. that starts in Hibbing's role of section finals. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. That's yeah, in the middle of that. Definitely. Uh, I'll just give a shout out to, an, to another team from that same year. It's pretty late. Like it's 2008 for us 08 grads. Danny and I, uh, a, a Metro area team with uh, a player who is now in the NHL that uh, otherwise has never, I don't think they've ever, ever made a section final beyond this year, but they made a section final out of section. I believe that would have been section three at the time. Yep. Yep. You know, you know who it is.
0: Wait, wait, wait! wait. I need more hints. I don't know who it okay. is. So, okay. I so you saw them play this week. I saw them play this week. All right, keep mm-hmm. going. Made oh, oh, oh Rosemont. Yes. Rose yep. w, like Teddy Brown, Penny Brown yep. right? T.J. Brown.
1: J T Brown, T.J. Yep. J. Brown, yep. Teddy Brown. <laughs> Teddy Brown's a tad. Yeah. Yes,
0: I was Teddy Brown in the backyard playing football. I love Teddy Brown. <laughs> JT,
1: sorry. And they were a 21 team this year as well. That year. Yeah. yeah. That, that year.
2: I'm a right. team. Yeah. I think they, yeah. they got blown up by Woodbury in the section final, but still solid year. But
1: David, Eddie um, led mm-hmm. the Woodbury team. Yep.
2: Woodbury, Hill.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay also, yeah, you got throw... something, too? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go through some. Okay, this team was 22-3 and in 2009-2010 year, lost hmm. in double overtime to a game-winning goal by Roso Shane Omdahl, had a current hmm. NHLer and two other D1 commits. You gave it away on right? the current NHLer. Oh, who, who, then who is it? It's Brainerd. Yes. Josh Archibald is the current D one yeah. or
0: NHLer. My That's bad. That's a dead giveaway. I'm like, okay, Section Eight. You gave you know, you gave me a hint with Section Eight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you said NHLer. I'm like, okay, where are the NHLers in Section Eight? You know, and I'm like, ding, sure. Ding, ding, ding. But that was a really <laughs> good team too. This team? Yeah. No, they weren't.
1: I mean, talent wise, <laughs> they had three good players. That's right. And I think if you look at their losses, they had some really bad losses considering that they had Archie and Archie's dad was the yeah. coach too. Yep. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I was getting okay.
2: rank, rankings by the point, you know, by the time this team was, was around and I don't remember ever slipping them into the top fifteen despite <laughs> all that talent. I
1: remember reading Carl's stuff and he always had them yeah. around like twenty
2: and I'd be like Yeah, they were Man,
1: their strength, the schedule is bad, but they are blowing teams up. It, yeah. But they just could not face a good team and do anything about it. No depth. Um, okay, here's one. Uh, the record was nineteen seven and two. They made it to the. Second. I know it.
0: I'm sorry. No, oh, okay. They made it to
1: the section <laughs> I'm final.
0: To name that tune. Like, I know it. Right.
1: <laughs> they made it to the section final that year, and it was 2011, 2012, and they had four D1 commits. Hmm.
0: 2012 section final. Um, Which dad told me all the answers before the show. I and know. I still don't know the answers. <laughs> um, they <laughs> they
1: have a goaltender who's currently playing for RPI who was drafted. Oh, I need more hands. They're in Section 7AA. Oh, Andover.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andover.
1: <laughs> so Chase Perry was yeah, the, right. the goaltender on this team. Tyler Toberlin um Siler Void, Christian Moes, these all won D1 and they lost 4 to 1 or 5 to 1, I forget, to East in the section final and they were never yeah. given a chance.
2: No, and this was the year that East was, you know, number 1 and uh, had a one-loss season and uh, the it, it, sections felt like a formality. So, well that Inter team was okay. I think I had them in the 10 to 15 range ranked.
1: Yeah, and, and, and they weren't bad, but they were you know they they were kind of like Prior Lake. We never knew if they were going to do anything since. Okay, mm-hmm. here's 25 twenty-five six and O. Section one double A. Two thousand seven or two thousand six two thousand seven. I think I know this one.
2: That's, yeah, that's got to be a, a Rochester team because there's no way a Lakeville won that many games. So <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a Rochester Century. Wow! So I think not wow! Live. Our first
0: <laughs> Lakeville dig <laughs> it's been two weeks since we dug on Lake Lakeville. Yeah. But which which Rochester team? I think it's this would have been century, team, isn't
2: it? Yeah. Yep. They beat so, they beat Hill at State too, right?
1: Yeah, they beat a Hill team that went on to win state the following year. I went into research mode on this, um Roger down a rat hole and just (laughs) (laughs) – I've
0: done it many a time.
1: And so I went into the records, rarities, and whatever that is. And so then I started looking at the roster and said, were there any D1 players on this team? There was a lot of Oxford players. I didn't find a single D1 player on this team.
0: I don't Mm. doubt it. And And that just shows you, again, Lakeville rip too. It shows you how weak Lakeville was in some of those years in the
1: 2000s. Well, it does this was a third place team in state. Yeah. No. It,
0: it, it, I'm not saying <laughs> that. I'm tires. saying
1: like they they actually they made it somewhere without, you know, that talent on it, right. you know, type of thing. Um here's another one. 24 3 and 0. Fourth place in state. Um can't be White Bear. I've ruled them out. Nope. Okay. Yeah. So if they were playing right now, they would probably be in Section Two A and Two Single A. Two Single A. All right.
2: South West Metro. Okay. Okay. Nineteen seventy-four,
1: seventy-five.
2: Ooh, old.
0: Wow. And they made it to state. They made it to state.
2: Excuse me while I pull up my spreadsheet. <laughs>
0: Hints. Uh, you told me the oh, answers before the show, and I can't get these right. Interesting, brutal.
1: Their school
0: <laughs> is now an
1: office building.
0: No, that's not. They, that's you're wrong. Two A, <laughs> they would be
1: in three double A. I, Bloomington Lincoln, the Bears, three would, double A. Kennedy is oh, in you're two A. Kennedy. No,
0: I'm not. I'm going with the. Uh, they wouldn't be double A. Oh, okay. All right, but Jefferson would remain double A, and Correct. Kennedy would be single A, and Correct. Lincoln would be. Correct. I can't even imagine that scenario being a Bloomington residence but but you threw me off there. That threw me off. I was like, no, he's just Kennedy.
1: But as Lincoln, as anybody who's ever walked through Big Ice Garden goes, what's that team? The Lincoln Bears <laughs> were once in the state tournament.
0: Oh yeah, they were in. They were really good. I mean, that was that was the Har brothers, Mike and Tim. Tim Har. Tim Har was my favorite golfer of all time. Well, does he
1: still have, like, the all-time, like, points in, like, he a season? He still
0: has the record for most goals in a season, NCAA and Gopher, <laughs> 53 goals. And I think I probably saw 40 of them that year. Impressive.
1: Okay, and the last one I have, um, they're in four, double A, 22, 5, and 0. Oh, so they didn't make their section championship game. They lost in the semifinals. To a Centennial team five zero. Oh,
0: I know this one. Ooh, they yeah.
1: have a Mr. Hockey?
0: They did have a Mr.
1: Hockey. <laughs> oh, I remembered
0: one of the answers. I got this one. Well,
1: who is it? The Polars.
0: Yes, yeah, North, North yeah. St. Paul. Polars. Nate Day.
1: Was hey their major
0: hockey award? Award winner? Even before the show, I did know this one before you even said it. Uh,
1: that's good. That's before good. Before the
0: show, so I did get this one right. But,
1: uh, but the others, is,
0: I didn't get any of them. This is about the only one I got.
1: This is probably the best team that North St. Paul has ever
0: had, and they lose five rip in the semis. And have you don't been to the North St. Paul rink? Yes, I have. Oh my gosh, I've seen plastic cup smaller. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Bigger. Sorry. That thing is so tiny. It's amazing to think that a high school hockey yes. game is played. I mean, it can't seat more than 400 comfortably. Oh, comfort.
1: and it's cold.
0: Oh, I don't the, the cold is, I'm used to cold. But the <laughs> size, I was like, I can't imagine that they play the high play high school hockey games in there. It's just tiny in there. Yeah. It's cool. But if it gets loud, if you've got a big game, that's for sure. Yes. So, is that it? That's it. For our forgotten teams, lost teams. Hmm. Yep. All right. Um we want to talk about our games coming up this week that are good besides our pickems. Sure. All right. Uh here's one, speaking of teams that potentially could be forgotten, the Chaska Hawks. They have yes. four Division 1 players and I think it would be incredible if they made it to state, but I think Ten years from now, we'll be doing this show. We might be talking about these Chaska Hawks with four Division One commits, right? Pitlick, yeah. Lavelle, Coster, Kester, Kester, sorry, Kester. and <laughs> Lane Warner. You've <laughs> you just made me lose. Sorry, yes, sorry, yeah. it's my fault. It is that. your fault. You're in your twenties still. I'm I'm fifty now. So oh
1: yes, uh, for those who don't know, next time they see Tony,
0: what should they say, Carl?
1: Happy birthday, Tony.
0: Oh, yeah, that's fine. I thought you said, congratulations, here's your AARP card. I gave yeah. jelly beans. Well, that, well, that yeah, too. I got, my dog wouldn't even eat those jelly beans. <laughs> my daughter, I, gave, I re-gifted them to my daughter. She goes, Dad, they're sugar-free. I'm not eating these. Somebody got re-gifted? <laughs> they probably got re-gifted. You re-gifted a re-gift. I'm re-gifted it back, and I'm sure they were throwing it like garbage by now. So. Thanks a lot. So, yeah. Chaska takes on Breck. That'll be a great game. Yes. going to that one. Yeah,
1: I'll be there. Uh, Montamedi,
0: and, Montamedi and Hill. That'll be a good one. I should be there for that one. Uh, and Lee Smith has put together a nice event over at Eden Prairie where we have a north-south clash. Eden Prairie and Benilde represent the metro, so the south, and Hermantown and Brainerd come down to the cities and they do a little crossover or jamboree somewhere to the opener where you get guaranteed games. No, yep. it's not a tournament format. Uh, that should be good. I think the best game of the week is is the one that uh, Carl's going to see is Minnetonka. Your new number two uh, uh-huh. taking on a very impressive out of the gate Marshall team. Yeah, they've been nailed eight to one.
2: Friday. Piling up tons of goals. I think George Granis has a hat trick in every game so far. So I'm very curious to see wow. if Marshall team is for is for real against some actual top flight competition. Because they have admittedly Played a not not the most difficult schedule known to man over the first uh, couple weeks here.
0: If you're a uniform snob like me, Marshall's uniforms are awesome.
2: The yellows. Them,
0: they are just every time they put on their uniforms are awesome every year. I know you're a Duluth East guy, and they're a nice uniform. Mm-hmm. But when I see Marshall's uniforms, it's just eye candy. I can't look at the blacks and like I them. Love them. You I see, well, <laughs>
1: when Dan O'Jock scored the game oh, winner
0: it's always in some...
1: 2007. <laughs> it's and like then... some skeleton from his SBA do, yeah. do you know Still why cars cars I know that Dul- Ten years ago. Cars. Do you know why I know Duluth, Marshall put St. Thomas Academy in running time on January 12th? It's my birthday. Uh. Why didn't Marshall have do <laughs> that? <laughs> forever. You just can't
0: get past it.
1: Yeah. It was a oh. home game. It was a man and they put them in the running time.
0: They deserved it. No, they, they didn't. deserved it. No. That'll be a good game. That'll be a good game. Hmm. Tacoma Marshall. Yes. All right, now we have our five pickems as we wrap up the show. Um we picked one of those games from the Lee Smith Invitational. Yes. Uh Hermantown and Eden Prairie. It's a hard um, one, Danny. You get to go first. It's amazing how this all worked out. It was it's great because the game three you don't get to pick your game. It's going to be awesome. Okay, so game one you get to go first. Go ahead, let's hear what you have to say, Hermit Town EP. I'm actually going to go Hermit Town again on this. I'm
1: going to ride the hawks. Um, like you I can't do. ride a hawk. <laughs> it's pretty
0: hard to ride. A hawk. A oh no, not just again.
1: Uh, I. <laughs> It's like Lord of the Rings right now. But, All right, yeah, uh, yeah, it would
0: be be some crazy uh, unicorn. Uh, like.
1: But the the Hawks beat Lakeville South um yesterday, and so and with they came Eden back a couple Yeah, they came back and ended six to four, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so an empty net. Empty net. So I I really I think I'm hesitant to pick Eden Prairie after looking at the the score. Sight on scene, uh, it just makes me nervous. Okay, Carl?
2: Yeah, I kind of have the same reaction as Danny to that Eden Prairie score. So, and, I, and after Hermantown got, got their first win of the Pat Andrews era yesterday, I think I'll, I'll stick with the Hawks and uh, fly with
0: the Hawks. There we go. Fly with the Hawks. Okay. Oh! Cheesy. Well, that four <laughs> to my Eden Prairie hand. I have to take Eden Prairie because we can't go across the board. We've Gooch before. No Goochers. We have Gooch, but not very often. So I will stick with tradition and I will go Eden Prairie, which then brings Carl up to the plate for Blaine and Hill Murray. Two teams that suffered what we would say, notice, you know, bad losses this week. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so. I, I don't have a good read on either of these teams right now. They both kissed the top 15 goodbye, but other than that, it's hard to say. Uh, I think Hill is a somewhat more complete team, so I'll lean on them, but wouldn't be shocked to be a blame one either.
0: Okay, so you're going Hill. I'm going to go Hill as well, based on their shots on goal of Eastview. Maybe they ran into a hot goalie in Ben Beattie, who had, he had saved in the, in the 40s. So I'm going to stick with Hill as the better of the two teams. Um, on this game, so that leaves you, uh, Danny, with Blaine.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Blaine. Um, I might make it out to this game. I don't know yet, um, but I, Blaine does have pop end talent on their team. That's oh, no, yeah, no question, no question deep about that. Deep but young, deep but young, and I think that describes both of these teams. Yes. Um, yes. The games at Aldrich, and uh, but I will say that Eastview team. I saw them play on last Wednesday. They're a pretty pesky teams. They're fast, and they can
0: pass the puck on the tape pretty well. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. I still I think they're easily going to be the number two, two. seed. Yeah. And,
2: and should be. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, I, I did get the math wrong. You do get to go second on this pick. So. That's because you Aww. jumped the gun. No, I, I just
2: can't. Yeah, you definitely did.
0: <laughs> All right. Holy Family St. Thomas Academy. Uh, I get to go first. I'm going to go St. Thomas. I just I can't see with their speed and depth, them losing to Holy Family, who's just got a couple holes. There's a good hockey team. I think I still think they're going to make some appearances in the top ten this year, but I just don't think they have the, the manpower to hang with St. Thomas. So we'll go St. Thomas.
1: I'm going to go to St. Thomas Academy for a couple of reasons. I, I think um, First off, I think goaltending is going to be a difference in this. Um, and I think, um, well, chase, the chase of
0: goaltending going to be, did Addis come back?
1: I don't think he's coming back, but Muzzy's been playing well. Yeah, he's good. And, and, um, and the other thing is chase Foley should be back for this game. He separated his shoulder, popped out of his shoulder, um, earlier in the, uh, I think the Morehead game were in practice it was after the he played all the way, through. yeah, so it was it was in practice or What's something, and so he's been out for the last couple of games, but he should be back for this one because this is their first game of this week, and so um he should be back, and I think that will make the difference because they need him on the blue line to kind of solidify
0: their decor. Carl, do you want to throw a Gucci down here? You're gonna go Holy Family. Oh, he can uh, throw Gucci.
1: Wait, wait, yeah, wait. I, I'm allowed okay. You're not. <laughs> let's just uh, pause here and take a time out because apparently I couldn't pick Holy. <laughs> oh, it's
0: because it's your school. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. you can it's pick It's fun making him pick Holy Family.
2: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'll maintain tradition. I'll go with Holy Family, even though I don't really think they'll win. <laughs> I guess think right. best hope is to uh, play wrong D and get some stuff going in transition.
0: This is how you can turn the tide though in the in the Because yeah, right. you do lead the pick well, right now six picks, five picks, four picks. I'm in second, Danny's in last so to to you win games, game, you get I this one right all of a sudden you stretch the uh your lead even farther. I've been to ten games this is running away. you
1: guys have been to nothing.
0: what do you mean ten games? i've been to Six or seven. Well, yeah, that's still that's like a pretty good that's number. like one week for me. Okay, well, whatever, Mister. I I went to a lot of games, guys. <laughs> it's quality. Still now. last and pick them. Uh, yeah, still <laughs> last and pick them. So keep you should keep going to more games because it's not working for you. <laughs> All right, uh, la- next one we have Centennial and Elk River. Uh, I believe you're back at the starting blocks. Um, uh, I'm gonna go.
1: Elk on this game. I'll help you guys out. I'll go. Elk elk has been blowing out teams, albeit lower quality teams. I think that they show something in this. I I like Perbix in this game, and uh, I think this is a prove them game for the Elks, especially before the this is uh, why, holiday classic.
0: And this is why you're last.
1: How does Carl pick <laughs> <take laughs> a holy family? Go. This is how you can get ahead in pickups. <laughs> it is. <laughs> we'll get together too. That's how you? So you're going to pick the Elks with me.
0: No, I'm not. Uh, I'm going to wait on Carl's pick, and I won't gooch. Go ahead, Carl. Let's see what you got to say. Uh, yeah, it's
2: kind of kind of a tough one to pick because either team has played a really top light opponent, but I will go with Centennial.
0: I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that one. Danny will plunge further down the rankings. Nope. After this week. <laughs> No. And then we go to our last pick, uh, East Grand Forks and Greenway. I think this is a really – Good game. It has no section implications, but it definitely has ranking implications. Yeah. Uh, Carl, you're first.
2: Um, well, I think I'm officially on the Greenway bandwagon. I might as well stick with it.
0: And so am I. Mr. Gooch, Ooh. you pop. Wow. A green wave, buddy.
1: Ride that wave. You can
0: ride, the ride the wave. Ride the wave. Can... There is no doubt you can definitely ride a wave. But East Grand Forks beating. I'm not sure if there's many waves, though, in East Grand Forks. Have you ever seen of... a flood?
1: Ooh, yeah. yeah. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. But East Grand definitely beat the um, uh, – whatchamacallit, uh Saint Cloud Cathedral. And I think uh, going into that game, Cathedral could have been two or three, so pretty decent, yeah, that, you know, performance. A by win. No,
0: no doubt about it. Especially but they played Orono just flat. They were flat. First and game Delano, of the year. And For, Delano. I mean they were they got out of the gate slow. Ride that wave. I would ride that wave. Roll no tie. Roll tie. It is. No question about it. <laughs> so we are wrapping up the show today. Uh, we covered a lot of ground here today all over the state. we got a couple different uh, uh, features on the show. Great show by you guys. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, Red and Black League, for making this all happen. Carl up at Duluth, Danny here in the office. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Have a nice week. We'll see you around the rink. These looks all over their face. My friends all know that I'm cool. I've been this way since high school because life's never been sweeter when you're just a cake eater when it comes to hockey nobody can stop me my high school team i was playing on the top three now my son is scoring piles you